Hi, and welcome to the 40 and Infertile podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, at 40 and Infertile on Instagram. I'm a fellow IVF patient, and this is where I share with you my fertility journey in my late 30s and 40s, while also providing you information to minimize your fertility struggles later in life. All right, episode 44 is here. Finally, (laughs) it's another uh, long overdue episode, and I'm so, so sorry. Um, But today we have Dr. Flora Sinha at D-R-F-L-O-R-A-S-I-N-H-A, Dr. Flora Sinha. Um, And she's an internal medicine physician, mindset coach, and fellow infertility warrior. So she comes on today to talk to us about her own infertility struggle. Um, She struggled with secondary infertility and is here to talk about her unique experience and how that led her to finding mindset work and how that mindset work has really shifted her experience with infertility and, you know, now life um, outside of, um, I don't want to say outside of infertility because it still exists and I don't want to dismiss those of us who, um, have, um, gotten to the point where we could no longer pursue additional treatments or did not want to. Um, and so I don't want to say that it disappears. So I I don't think that that's a fair thing to say. So I, I want to make space for that. So she still struggles with it. Um, obviously it doesn't just go away, but um, really kind of how I know this is a whole tangent, but um, how that kind of finding the m- mindset work has kind of shifted that experience for her and kind of leaving that space and no longer um, pursuing treatment and how she still uses those skills outside of that. Um, and we have a very real and candid discussion about what it's like being here the dark places that we can sometimes go and where this mindset work might fit in. So as always, please share with anyone that you might um, think that would find this conversation valuable. As always, I'm grateful for any possible donations to the podcast um, to keep um, this show going. Um, There will be links in the show notes, links to my Amazon shop. Again, if you purchase any books or anything like that, I'd be so grateful if you could use my link. I get a small percentage of those sales um, so that I can put it back toward the podcast. Um, So thank you to everyone in the 40 and Infernal community. Thank you to everyone who has already donated. Thank you to everyone who is a monthly donor. And thank you to um, those who are continuing to be a big part of this community. Um, So I really want to thank you all. And like I said, if, if we can get this out to more people, to give them more tools that they can use or more information as they're going along this infertility roller coaster ride, um, then I think that that would be a wonderful thing. So I really want to thank Dr. Sinha for being here today, being so open with her feelings. And if you're someone like me who likes to keep it real and likes no nonsense, she's the one for you. Um, If you've been struggling with being in this infertility space, um, what she has to say may help you better cope with some of the challenges. Either they're upcoming or they have passed and we're still processing some of them. Some of these skills may be helpful. So I'll also link 
other um, episodes in the show notes for those who feel like they would like some information on um, other tools they can use um, to help them cope as they're moving through this. Um, they'll be in the show notes, so make sure you scroll in. Um, okay, here we go. Let's do this. Just a quick reminder, I am not a physician and the information provided today is for educational and informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. So make sure that you consult with your own fertility doctor before choosing any medical therapies that may affect your fertility. Unfortunately, every person's situation is unique and it is vital that you discuss your own personal situation with your fertility doctor to decide what is the best course of action for you. Hi, Dr. Flora Sinha. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Victoria. I'm happy to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you about um, mindset because I think during this whole, as you know, um, experience, this roller coaster, whatever you want to call it. I know some people are like, I hate the word journey. So this whole ride, (laughs) whatever it is that we're doing, um, can be really hard. You're faced with a lot of um, feelings and thoughts, and it can get overwhelming. And so I think, you know, the more tools we can have in our toolbox to help us deal with these feelings, emotions, thoughts are, are really helpful. So thank you for being here and sharing your expertise on this. Um, I'm really grateful for the skills for all of us to have as we're going through this. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I hopefully we'll, we'll get some tips and tricks out there. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, okay, well, let's start with your own story. So uh, you did not have an easy road either that kind of led you to um, your own mindfulness practice. So if you wouldn't mind sharing your story with us, um, I'd love to know more about how you um, got to this space. Sure. I have secondary infertility, uh, which means that I was able to conceive and carry a healthy pregnancy. Um, And when it came to growing my family, I was unable to uh, without the need for medical intervention. Um, I have a beautiful seven-year-old. And when we were trying for her, we really didn't have any obstacles. I did have a difficult pregnancy, a difficult delivery. But nothing that gave me any signs that I would have trouble later. Um, And just a little background on me and my family. I am an internal medicine physician. My husband is also a physician. So in my head, I had these check boxes, right? Like I wanted to be a doctor, check. I wanted to get married, check. I wanted to have multiple kids. we, We had these check boxes for our lives. And so you know, check mark, check mark. And then it came to expanding our family. And I remember, I specifically remember this moment in my head that I'm like, I have to have my kids two to three years apart because I don't want it too far. And, you know, we had all these logistics in our head. Um, and, and it was so easy you know, to, during that time, right? It was so easy. <laughs> right? I know. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. What okay. We thinking. <laughs> and I remember Gia, my daughter, was two years old. And I'm like, okay, I think it's time to try again, according to my list. My husband was still in fellowship, which is a training program after residency. And he had a grueling, grueling schedule. Um, and I went through my own experience with postpartum depression. And I just remember thinking to myself, I don't feel like myself. Why would I bring another human into this world when I just 
I'm not ready. I know what it's like to have a kid adding another one. There's no way. So we waited a little bit. Um, right before my 30th birthday, uh, we started trying and, um, you know, a few months go by and I'm like, Oh, this is strange, you know, but again, being in the medical field, I kind of talked myself out of it. I'm young. I have no other medical concerns. Thankfully, um, you know, sometimes it takes longer. So we waited six ish months. Uh, and then my, you know, red flag started going off, went to a fertility specialist, that specialist told me that one, I was too young Two, that I was stressed because I was a physician married to another, have a toddler battling a lot of stuff, uh, stressors that all I needed was a weekend away with my husband and some wine. Oh, just relax. And it was the just relax. Just relax. Yeah, just relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this is coming from a medical professional. I know. Yeah. So here I was, was I was like, OK, well, maybe she's right. And that's all we, that's all I need. I just, you know, I wasn't seeing my husband, right. Cause he was so busy. He was, you know, half yeah. the time he was in the hospital, half the other time I was working. So I'm like, maybe we just need to relax on a weekend alone and get some alcohol involved. Well, we <laughs> <Yeah>. did that. <laughs> yeah. Still. Yeah. Um, yeah Shocking. Still <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I always tell my patients, um, and other, uh, people going through fertility challenges that always listen to your gut. And I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't go back to that physician because I already felt dismissed um, mm-hmm. and not listened to. And I went to another physician for a second opinion. And this mm-hmm. physician was like, you're right. You are too young. Why aren't you pregnant? Yeah. So she validated what yeah. I was going through and we moved forward. Unfortunately, we couldn't really find any other medical conditions that would cause my infertility. So I had, mm-hmm. undi- you know, undiagnosed, uh, uh, under, no underlying causes for my secondary yeah. infertility. Unexplained. We went through multiple, tra- unexplained, thank you. Yeah. We went through multiple transfers. Um, we went straight to IVF just because mm-hmm. she was like, there's no other if you want to increase your chances in the fast possible, the fastest way possible, yeah. that's what you're going to have to do. So after my first unsuccessful transfer, I, I was devastated. I was, I remember thinking to myself, I went through all of this and I being a type a female mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with a strong personality who all of her life knew that if she worked hard. She would get somewhere. Yes, Fertility yes. does not work that way. No. And even being in the medical field, I still just didn't realize that. It, it just wasn't. I was so obsessed with the outcome. Like, I need a kid. I need to give Gia a sibling. I need to have a family of four. I need this in order for me to be happy and content that when it didn't happen, God, that was a huge blow to my ego. And to everything that I stand for. It just, it's a breeding ground for such negative, intrusive thoughts. I'm not good enough. My body failed me. I failed my family. Um, I failed my husband. I failed my daughter. And I remember just looking, kind of self-reflecting and saying to myself, this isn't me. Like I was in a place of negativity, envy, anger, just all, all the bad stuff. All while practicing medicine, trying to be a good mom, trying to be a good partner. Um, and I wasn't 
doing well on any of those fronts. And so I let this take over me. And I remember thinking to myself, look, I can't change my diagnosis. And I didn't fail myself. My doctor didn't fail. Like we both did like everything to the best of our abilities. And it didn't work this time. And that's okay. But I was known to my daughter as sick mommy because I was so down. I was so depressed. I was either on meds in pain or, you know, post transfers or, uh, you know, all the medical procedures that you go to go through. And I'm like, I don't want to be looked at that way ever. And so that's when I decided to change and still pursue further treatment and workup. Um, I've had multiple pregnancy losses, each one harder than the next. But you know what? With subsequent transfers and losses, I would shift my mindset just ever so slightly before each one to the point where, you know, two years in, my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, what are we doing? We're, we've, we're so, we're so lucky. We're so grateful for everything we have. Why are we obsessed with this outcome? Let's choose gratitude and contentment now. We can still want something and still be grateful and and have some peace and joy with what we have now. And that's what we chose. Uh, my last transfer was August of 2021. And it was so interesting just because I was in a completely different space. And I remember my husband and I both thinking to ourselves and, and verbally saying to each other, you know, if it happens, it's going to be a crazy show, but it'll be okay because we're ready. And if it doesn't happen, nothing's going to change. Like that's the best weight off of our shoulders. Nothing is going to change. Like we are a beautiful family of three. We're happy. We're content. Gia's healthy and happy. And we're just, we're good. And it was the best mindset to, to kind of go into it. And obviously I don't have a second child, but at that time, after that one, we, we had an end point. We're like, no more. Well, let's just live our life. We're, we're, we're good. And I'm not saying that's the best decision for everybody. But, you know, the, the clarity that we had was because of my mindset work and kind of decluttering these intrusive thoughts. Um, and what's interesting is I then carried a lot of these mindset shifts and tips and techniques onto my, med my medical practice, where I would counsel my patients as a primary care doctor. That's what I do. Half of my job is counseling on preventative care and on disease. But how can you help patients change and shift their mind a little bit to help improve and be the best version of themselves? And then later, I was like, I can do this outside of medicine. You don't have to have a clinical diagnosis. There are so many women going through, whether they're going through fertility challenges or not, they're going through this phase where they're just in a rut. They're stuck. They've met their quote life checkboxes, unquote, you know, and they still don't feel content. How can we find joy? So I launched my coaching business in March of this year and um, while still practicing medicine. And it's been so much fun. It's been so fulfilling. Uh, and I, I, I'm so excited to, to whatever comes next. So that's kind of my life in a nutshell in the last four years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, among other things, right? Not including all the other crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> but I wanted to um, kind of unpack a couple of these things that I heard um, earlier because I don't I have to think back. I don't know that I've had anyone on that has had secondary infertility yet. I mean, aside from myself, I guess, but it's different because I didn't actually like um, I don't have a child earth side. So I mm-hmm. I think talking about sometimes the challenges of going through infertility and having to raise a child at the same time, that like breeds a lot of feelings. Cause I mean, in general, so I don't have a child, but I have infertility and like the inadequacy that we feel is like, like next level period. Right. And so we already think we're a failure as women. We're a failure as partner. We're a failure as, you know, like biologically we're failures, you know, but then also, I it had not even occurred to me, and I'll be honest, because I live in my little bubble, right? It had not occurred to me that some people are going through this and having to raise a child. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. And when you said, you know, you were known as sick mommy, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's mm-hmm. a lot to deal with at one mm-hmm. time. And mm-hmm. that could be very, very overwhelming for people. And And I don't know if... and it took you a little while to recognize that that was happening, right? Absolutely. It was more than a year in uh, where, and Gia was three at the time. And yeah, I remember she was afraid to hug me because she remembered after my transfer, I was on, you know, just resting. And so those things were her highlights, which was, it was so devastating for me because I remember that I remember thinking to myself, I have not made core memories with my child, at least positive ones. And her memory was me not feeling well. So, which is okay. I want to add that it is okay to rest and acknowledge that, you know, you had a medical procedure, but during the times that I did not have to be on bed rest or, you know, uh, recuperating, what message was I sending my kid? And clearly it was a negative one because she didn't remember anything else. So, you know, as, as a parent, as a mom, it it was, I, I take it as my duty, as my job to help nurture my child and bring a, a balanced experience to her childhood, positive and negative. And so obviously more positive is what I was expecting, but I wasn't doing that. And so again, that's where the light bulb went off. I'm like, I, I gotta, I gotta do something. I need to show her that I am working hard um, as a physician mom and as one that's undergoing fertility challenges. But I also want her to know that I'm here. I, I, she has me and I have her and, and we are a family and nothing else matters, even though we are wanting to move forward with growing and expanding. Like I, I teach my clients that it's okay to live in the gray. It's okay to grieve and it's okay to be grateful. It's okay to be sad and it's okay to celebrate what you have. It's okay to be both. It doesn't have to be black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things I wanted to point out with that was that like you know, you could be going through this and have no idea you're carrying the weight of what feels like the entire earth on your shoulders. And, you know, it can feel overwhelming and that, you know, that's 
not the best part of the whole experience, but it, it, it can be a part of the experience. And it's okay to ask for help when you find that moment where you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this, had no idea. And, you know, maybe like you, your child says something to you or your partner says something to you or a family member, a friend is like, hey, are you okay? Then it's sometimes it's okay to just say, no, I'm not, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. And then get the support that you need and using hopefully some skills like, you know, you used in adjusting your mindset could be helpful. Now, what exactly is mindset work and mindfulness? So how does that all kind of come into play? Like, how is that any different than saying, you know, like there's a whole big thing right now about toxic positivity and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. how is this different than just being like, ah, just be positive? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, so our mindsets are basically ways that our brains are wired. It's impacted by our upbringing, culture, society, uh, past experiences, and it impacts everything. It mm -hmm. impacts the way we approach obstacles, the way we make decisions, our own contentment, our sense of control. And so I think of mindset coaches as like mental performance coaches. Mm -hmm. How can we train or retrain our brains into acknowledging the highs and lows, but quickly coming back to our center? Mm -hmm. And that's different from, quote, just be positive. Mm -hmm. Just be positive or toxic positivity means mm -hmm. that you are not acknowledging pain, mm -hmm. sadness, um, frustration, anger, all of these emotions that we sense as negative. You are not acknowledging and you're pushing them down and ignoring it and a lot of us who have gone through infertility and a lot of people who haven't gone through it, just any hardship, right? We have all encountered the toxic positivity. I've had plenty of family members, close family members just say, don't think about it. Just be positive. Just think positive. Don't think, don't be sad. Don't cry. When I have just lost a pregnancy, when I had um, when I was struggling to keep up with my medical practice, don't think about that. Just, just keep doing it. Put your head down and just do it. But that negates our emotions. That negates the fact that I was struggling. And that negated the fact that me opening up was me asking for help. And I didn't need help because I'm a warrior. I'm a super mom. I'm a super doctor. So that's where mindset work comes in. It allows you again to acknowledge the good and bad and figure out how to react and declutter, decluttering our brains from all this negative self-talk so you can move forward with whatever you need to move forward with. Um, it, mindset work also, and I work with my clients to set up boundaries. Um, boundaries are so incredibly important with friends, with family members. Um, and Boundaries work differently, but for me, boundaries were, at least during my infertility journey, um, boundaries were putting, knowing who I needed to go to for emotional help. And secret, it wasn't my parents. They just weren't in the position to acknowledge what I was going through. And that's okay, right? I feel like every relationship has their purpose. 
we don't have to have everything with every relationship. So the purpose of some of my friends were, hey, I need groceries because I'm not going to be home till 8 p.m. and I need to feed my family. And I've been literally in the hospital or in the doctor's office (laughs) this entire week. I have other friends where I'm feeling low and I call and like, look, I just need you to sit with me and I want to cry and I just want you to be there. I had my parents who would drop anything and everything to come help me. Would I go to certain people and divulge every little thing about what I was feeling, what I was going through? No, because I was not, I did not receive what I needed from those specific people. And that, that those were the boundaries that I had put up. And, and again, you don't have to announce that you're putting up boundaries. Again, people don't like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, I think people respected it, um, when it was implemented and it, it was, um, that's what mindset was. That's what my mindset changes allowed me to do. Um, is to recognize and to acknowledge and then have an action plan. And funnily enough, these these techniques also work on non-infertility or non-fertility related obstacles as well. So I have clients who um, don't have fertility challenges and we I still use very similar te- tools and techniques um, for them to, again, take control of their contentment and joy. Well, and what do you think... Um... Well, I guess there's a couple of questions. One, um, the what do you think the benefits are of a good mindset? Like it just you're able to appreciate or I don't want to say tolerate. Tolerate's not the right word, but you're able to handle um, your, you know, any challenges that come your way better. Or what are some other benefits that you can think of for, you know, changing a mindset, particularly in the, you know, um, the infertility space? Yeah. The infertility space is so challenging just because we have hormones. <laughs> so medications have side effects. It impacts our our, our emotions. Um, but I think it's helpful because it's something that we can control. In the world of fertility challenges, we feel so out of control, right? We don't know what's going on with our bodies. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. Um, we have so much on our plates. It's like a second job, right? The scheduling and the labs and the procedures and the meds, it, it's literally a second job. So with all that, I call clutter because it's needed clutter, right? We need the meds, we need the lab draws, we need the doctor's appointments, but we feel so out of control that having mindset work puts you back into the driver's seat. We cannot control what's happening around us. We cannot control the outcome, but we can control how we feel and how we react and what we do with those. So yeah, it sucks when the IVF transfer doesn't come through. Miscarriages are the most, one of the most devastating experiences. But what are you going to do with that? It's okay to acknowledge your sadness. It's okay to acknowledge the fact that you feel broken. But what comes next? Are you going to let those feelings dictate months and months of other activities? Are you going to let those feelings dictate how you treat your child, like in my case, how you present yourself? 
it's okay to take time for yourself and sit in your feelings and acknowledge and, and really go through what you need to go through. But what are you going to do next? That's where mindset comes in. So if you have a, you know, tangible set of tools and techniques, you can kind of reach into your toolbox and say, all right, Flora, this didn't work out. It sucks. I'm going to take a day off of work because I can't, I can't do what I'm doing and still feel what I'm feeling. I'm going to do that. I am going to ask for help. I'm going to delegate tasks. I'm going to journal. I'm going to dance a little bit to get some negative energy out. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to have an action plan for my next step. Am I going to take a break? Am I going to move forward? Am I going to stop completely? That's where mindset work was really helpful for me when it came to my infertility journey. I have um, a number of clients who are going through their own challenges with fertility. And, you know, a couple of them went through the, the, the bad and they had a session with me. And even though, again, it's devastating and they acknowledge that, but I saw changes. I saw that they weren't ruminating over it. I saw that they were like, this sucks. Like, I'm just, I'm so bummed that this didn't work out. And I'm also going to take some time off and leave this space. I'm taking my family to, um, you know, a, an event this weekend. And we're just, we're just going to be a family. That is not a, a common reaction, Right. A common reaction is this sucks. I'm devastated and nothing is going to work out for me. Um, I'm a failure. I can't believe this happened. Why is everyone else in the world having babies except me? Like, you know, all these negative thought processes where we are the victim, where we are also uh, blaming ourselves and where everyone else is happy except us, which we know is not truth. And so it just, again, it brings more clarity and more kind of reasonable next steps. And, and that's where mindset work, gosh, it just really helped me. And I can see it helping my clients too. Now you bring up a good point that happens a lot during, um, you know, infertility is that um, it feels like, you know, so much negative stuff that happens over and over and over. And I call it like the deep, dark pit, like you fall into this deep, dark yes. pit and then you're just Absolutely. like, oh my gosh, again, this is cycle number, whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is yeah. like, and then, you know, you just kind of start to get into that, like, um, it's just all that negative energy where you feel terrible, everything's your fault and yeah. it's not going to change. And then you're so right about the loss of control. You do feel like you're, you cannot control anything because you could do the exact same thing as your most successful mm -hmm. cycle. And th it yeah. could be a completely different experience in that cycle. And you're, and you just yeah. feel like there's nothing you can do to, to alter any of this. It's just like, you're just like, well, I guess we'll just wait and see. And then the waiting yeah. is like the worst, right? So the waiting like, is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Like after, so you have like three different spots where it just sucks. Right. And one of them is the waiting either before or after, right? Like, mm -hmm. so leading up to say a retrieval, you're like, will I have enough follicles? Will they be good enough? Yeah. Will there be enough that are mature? And then 
you know, you have the retrieval. And then after the retrieval, you're like, well, how many will fertilize? And then they go to like, if you get them tested, then it's like, oh my gosh, they come back. It's just like so many spots where you feel like you have zero control. You're just sitting waiting. Your anxiety's out of control. (laughs) Like you feel like you're out of control. And then it's so easy because you're already starting down into that pit. (laughs) You're already walking into that pit during that. And then, you know, if the cycle doesn't work out or if you don't have good experience or maybe like you, you know, you had the transfer, transfer didn't stick or whatever, Mm -hmm. you were already walking into that pit. And Mm -hmm. once it's like the bomb goes off, once you get the bad Mm -hmm. news, right. And then you're like, okay, I'm jumping in the pit, like, cause nothing else matters. I'm already there. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) I, I can understand how kind of prepping yourself even, moving into some of these spaces can help you from getting too deep into that pit. Cause I know I do it too, where I walk into that pit and I'm like jumping, leaping into that pit because I'm like, I know it's just going to be bad. It's just going to be bad. My last two cycles were bad. So what's going to make this one different? And you know, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, part of me worries that I'm like, Oh, but if I, if I lift myself up too high and this is totally my own thing, but if I'm, too positive, if I'm too excited, Mm -hmm. if I'm too happy, then I get this bad news. And it's just like, well, then I'm going to leap off the cliff into the pit. And that's like harder and more painful than just like slowly walking into the pit as you're getting there, which is like not the best way to approach it. Victoria, I'm the same way. I'm like, why would I fall from 50 feet when I can fall from one foot Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I get it. But that's where mindset work really helps. Like where can like again, you don't have to be on this other high positive spectrum, right? It's so funny because my husband is like this blind optimist. And since oh. I've known him for 20 years, and <laughs> yeah. I tell him, I'm like, please don't be stupidly optimistic. Like I love yeah, you, yeah, yeah. but you're yeah. stupidly optimistic. <laughs> and I, on the flip side, was like the stupidly pessimistic uh, person. And again, we have moved closer to the center. Again, celebrate the highs, but catch yourself right? Just because you have a win doesn't mean you're going to have unlimited wins in life. Fertility is the same thing. Just because you had a good transfer, will it stick? Will the pregnancy stay? There are so many different thresholds that you have to pass. So it's okay to celebrate the win, but come back to your center, right? Come back to, come back to, if you're going to use your whole analogy, come back to the land. You don't have to be up in the clouds. You don't have to be up down in the pit, come back to the ground and, and, and just keep walking, keep doing your thing. And again, when we start going into that whole, that mindset work is where those, like, I'm just imagining in here, like with your analogy with like these red flags, right? You go down like one rung of the ladder into the hole and this red flag comes up being like, Oh, Stop. And the mindset work will allow you to acknowledge that red flag versus you ignore the red flag and you keep going down. There's another red flag and you keep going down the rungs of the ladder until you're too deep and it's so hard to climb out. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. We're just going to take a quick break, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Back to our episode. 
So it, that's where mindset work, I think really helps us because again, celebrate your wins, acknowledge the lows, but again, how, how do you, how do you bring yourself back to the center? Um, so you can, again, get ready and, and, you know, go through the other hole. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So is, is mindset work helpful for everyone is like, so do you think that there is such a thing as doing it wrong or that there are some people who may not benefit from it? Yeah, I think mindset work can benefit everyone if they are ready. So if you are ready to be open-minded, obviously put in a lot of work, really devote time to self-reflection and ready to take control of your joy and contentment. Yeah, I think mindset work can help you. Another thing I also look out for with potential clients is um, clinical mental health, uh, issues where that needs to be controlled with, I am not a licensed therapist. I am not a psychiatrist. Um, and so I do make sure that any potential client before they sign, um, has, have the, you know, whether they have depression, anxiety, or other, uh, clinical diagnoses that that is under control. I think it's super important that you're in a, a, stable mental space um, to allow yourself time and effort to put in the the mindset work. But I think it can be beneficial to everyone. You just need to be ready. Yes. Yes. And I think it, it is a completely different way of thinking, particularly if you were someone like me who always is halfway into that pit, you know, they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, something's happening. I'm going to start walking into that pit. You know, like I, it's hard to change because it feels weird. It feels different. It feels uncomfortable because it's not your normal, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was you Victoria for such a long time and not that it's a bad thing or a good thing. I'm just saying it didn't work for me when I was going through my fertility challenges, because gosh, I would start in the hole. I would just keep digging lower and lower. Yeah. So I wasn't even halfway in. I was all the way in at the start. And I would just bring myself lower and lower because I, again, I had the mindset where I was like, everyone else is better. And Everyone else has it better when in reality, my gosh, like you have one kid, no kid, three kids, four kids. I mean, everyone has their obstacles and everyone has their moments. And so vulnerability, I think, is a superpower. And when I allowed myself to be vulnerable, not only to my close friends and immediate family, but honestly, a a huge trigger for me, uh, is and and was uh, people who would just nonchalantly ask me about, oh, why aren't you having more kids? Why is she the only one? She needs a silly, you know, all these comments, right? Um, And opinions. It used to be a huge trigger to the point where I would would get physically upset and I would let it ruin my entire day, week even. And now I allow myself to use it as a teaching point. And if I have the capacity, the mental space to say, actually, you know what, Um, I have infertility, I can't have any more kids. And so we're really grateful for Gia. Again, it's not often if it's in passing, I'll just say no, we're good. And I'll move forward. That's my response. But if there are pushy people, which there are, uh, especially in my in, you know, the South Asian community, um, I I, I verbalize that I, I put it all out there. And 
the responses I get are really fascinating. Either it opens up a beautiful discussion about uh, fertility challenges and they share their own stories or they know someone that are all, that is also going in and, and it's a connection point. And it's a learning point. Like maybe you shouldn't be asking those types of questions because it should not be an expectation. A family does not look like something specific. A family is what you make of it. Whether it's you, you and a partner, you and your, your fur baby, you and human kid or kids, it does not matter. And we need to break that expectation. Um, other responses are just a lot of awkwardness. And yes, I kind of just yes. tear them down and yes. say like, you asked and I'm yeah. answered. So yeah. I hope you use this as a learning point that you do not ask those types of questions in a nonchalant, passive conversation. This is a personal question. And so um, vulnerability was really my, my, I am so comfortable with it now that again, I use it as my superpower. Like I don't need to hide this and not, it's not everyone's cup of tea right? Not everyone feels comfortable sharing. But then in that case, I suggest get your response down and use it with confidence and move on. Don't let it ruin your day. You can't control someone else's actions, but you can always control your own reaction. That's a mantra that I say to myself, to my daughter, and I teach all my clients. You can't control what questions are going to come towards you, but you can always control your response and how you react and how it's going to impact your day or week for some. <laughs> yeah, no, that I mean, it's totally true because people because, you know, I'm over 40. And so I, I don't know that I always look like I'm over 40. So I think I get a lot of questions, you know, don't, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. But like, I get a lot of questions like, oh, do you have kids? And I'm like, no. And then sometimes they're like, mm, smart. And then I'm like, hmm, mm. infertile. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. I mean, like I, yeah. there are times where I'm like, mm, I'm feeling spicy today. So I'm just yeah. going to kind of like. You do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. But for the same reason, because I'm like, those can be hurtful words to the wrong yeah. person or to yeah. the right person, whichever you want to you know, look at it. But yeah. they'll be like, oh, or, you know, when are you going to, like you said, sometimes people will push mm-hmm. you. Oh, when? Well, you know, you're yeah. getting older or, you know, and I'm like, yeah. No. All right. You want to go like, there? Oh, let's really? go there. I didn't know that. I <laughs> yeah. didn't know my age. I didn't yeah. know the fact that like my ovaries are, you yeah, know, turning to dust. Yeah, I know. Speak. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, duh. Like, is that yeah. what I need to do? I just need to relax. Yeah. Oh, I guess I didn't yeah. try that. It's, I, I still get irritated. But again, I, I, I have my responses. I have my toolbox yeah. of responses and whatever yeah. I feel like that day is what that person's yeah. going to get. And then I move forward again, yes. be confident in your answers because you, you are control. You are in control. Yes. Yes. Well, and I think that's so important. So there's a couple of things that you had brought up earlier. So like, you know, if we were to come up with like top five tips for people to do one, you had mentioned boundaries Two, preparing mm-hmm responses and then three getting to like your middle ground like whenever you find that your your headspace is starting to kind of trickle into that pit then you kind of try and find yourself back into middle ground somehow so what are Mm -hmm. two two more that you think would be beneficial for people who might be struggling you know whether with fertility or um you know not fertility you know i mean you know some of us Mm -hmm. are still in this space where we're kind of teetering, figuring out, you know, what do we move to donor? Do we not, you know? So when those feelings come on, when you're going through that, you know, what are two more tips that you can add that we've, uh, to the ones we've already talked about? 
ask for help. I think we, especially as women, we put on too much on our shoulders and we think we need to do it all. And to a certain extent, I think society also expects that. Um, we do not. So build your village, ask for help. It doesn't have to be a big one, right? It doesn't, you don't have to have 50 million people. You don't have to start a podcast. You don't have to start a social media page. Get people in your circle that will cheer for you, that will be there for you, that acknowledge you, that love you and, and, and allow you to be you and use them. <laughs> uh, don't feel guilty about asking for help. Um, I don't know where that came from, but it, again, I think it's, you know, part society, part how we are wired. Um, the last tip, and this is so vague, but I, I always remind everyone that, you know, yourself the best. So work on listening to your instinct, not the anxious, you know, crazy talk instinct, not the I'm down in my whole instinct. Listen to that gnawing gut feeling. Ignore the noise because you're going to get a bunch of opinions and suggestions and your doctor saying one thing, Google saying another, your friend saying a third thing, and these like blogs are saying a completely different approach. Listen to your gut. Listen to the people that are, you know, surrounding you that are, that do this for a living. Uh, and then if, something feels off, ask about it, inquire it, be, be inquisitive about it. Don't ignore it. Um, because the worst is living in regret. And so if you feel like, look, my doctor's not listening to me, or if you feel like, I don't know if I'm in the right headspace to move on with a whole other round, I'm not sure if this person has, you know, if this person is in your inner circle and you're like, I feel negative when I'm around you. I don't know if you have my best interest. Listen to your, listen to yourself. There's a reason that we have these gut instincts, but for some reason we ignore them because there's so much noise. Declutter, declutter all that extra stuff and, and simplify. I think that'll be the, it'll hopefully bring some clarity to decisions, your emotions and how to move forward. Yeah. And then, so let's say when we do ask for help and we're looking for, you know, a mindset coach, um, how do you know you have a good match? How do you know you have a good oh, mindset coach? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like um, any relationship, right? Some connect, some don't. Um, a good thing is, is obviously uh, your, your gut instinct. But the second is, you know, make sure you feel comfortable with your coach. Make sure you are able or you have the space to be vulnerable. Make sure that the coach is also a good listener because they need to acknowledge what you're experiencing and they need to know how to help guide you, not always tell you what to do. Sometimes I'll stop my clients and be like, all right, hold on. We're, we're going down a completely different path. Let's refocus and let's move on from this step. Um, and also know that mindset coaches need to have some sort of background. I have a medical degree. I've been coaching my clients or my patients for such a long time. I've myself have gone through the experience that has been an emotional roller coaster and done some. Um, and I use that, uh, and I know it works. Um, so it's important to have those points of connection 
Um, and not, you know, I may not be for everybody as a, as a friend, as a doctor, as a mindset coach, I think it's important to establish a relationship. Um, and then your coach should also know their boundaries. And so I am very upfront in my discovery calls, which is like the a free 30 minute call that I hop on with potential clients. I, I really make sure that there isn't anything else that could be an underlying cause for their mindset, like depression, generalized anxiety disorder, or other psychiatric disorders, or, or I don't like the word disorder, but um, diagnoses. Um, so uh, again, I know my boundary. I, I know that I'm not a licensed therapist. I know I'm not a psychiatrist. My coaching practice is separate from my medical practice. Um, I have very clear cut boundaries and I'm okay telling a client, I don't think this is the right time. I think it's helpful. But this is what I suggest to do first. And then when you're in a healthier space, come back to me and we'll work. So I think it's important to also make sure they know their limitations um, because we can't fix everything and we can't fix everyone. It's just a matter of improving and being the best version of, of what we were given. Um, I, I have a few questions that got submitted. Let's go over yeah. these really quick. Um. Oh, this is a good one that we all do. <laughs> like I've probably just did it earlier today. <laughs> How do we avoid <laughs> comparing ourselves to others who have had oh, or yeah. have had it easier? Or per the perception so, of easier. Per yeah, thank you for that clarification. Because <laughs> um, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um you know, this comparison game, especially, especially in the fertility world is so, I find it so, um, oh, it, it, it puts a damper on everything. I think pain is pain. I think guilt is guilt. Shame is shame. You know, our journeys are, I know, you know, not everyone likes the word journey, but really our experiences are so different. Yet, Victoria, me and you have just talked for the last 45 minutes about similar feelings that we both experienced in our very different journeys. So in the end, the fact that I had pain at some point and you had pain at some point should be used as a connection point, not as a comparison point. And so, you know, be, having secondary infertility really put me in a unique spot because I had a kid, right? So someone going through primary infertility, no children, unable to conceive on their own, I would feel guilt because I would compare my journey to theirs. And that at least, like, at least I have a child. It really invalidated what I was going through. And I had, and at that time I had gone through multiple losses. And so, and, and on the flip side, people with multiple children would say, at least you have a kid. Like, you know, you got one. Be grateful for that. And it was me comparing my journey to theirs. Well, you popped out three kids with no problem. I'm going to feel what I'm going to feel. But in reality, in reality, what I should have done at that time is find a common ground. Instead of comparing my journey to another with primary infertility, I should have connected on our pain points, right? There's only so many words in the English language that we can use to describe the, the pit, describe the low, describe the feeling of loss. And then with 
you know, the other person with multiple children and no infertility diagnosis, that person had three children that they were balancing. That is not easy. I should have connected on motherhood. I could have connected on motherhood. One versus four, it doesn't matter. There are still similar pain points that I had with this person as being a mom, being a working mom. There's so many commonalities. So I, I say before we compare, let's try to share. Let's try to find a common ground and a connection point. Because why do we need to pit ourselves against each other? It's only, it doesn't help. It's not productive. And it doesn't produce a positive energy. It's just more negativity. So your journey is your own. You can't compare it to someone else's, but you know, try to spin it to something that brings you strength and growth. Um, and it, it, it's human nature to compare. I, I, I still do it. I still do it. And it's okay. It's okay to acknowledge that. Be like, okay, uh, they're, they're going through what they're going through and I'm going through what I'm going through. And even though they have what I don't, I have what they don't. Right. So it, 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 we're all on the same playing field here. Yeah. And I try, um, I call it the suffering Olympics. You know, I'm like, it's, I, <laughs> yes. we don't have to compete in the suffering Olympics. Like we don't, we don't want a winner, <laughs> you know, we don't need to give yes. a gold medal out for it. Yes. Um, although I am highly competitive, but I mean, it's still <laughs> like, I'm like, if there's a thing I can win at, I'm going to try and win at it, you know, but I I'm like, okay, it. stop, stop. I'm like, yeah, okay, this yeah. is not something you want to win it. Um, but no, I, I try to remind myself, it's not the suffering Olympics. I'm not trying to suffer more than anybody else. So like, just like acknowledge, like you said that, you know, like we all have these really shitty, you know, experiences Absolutely, and it just all sucks. And we should just help each other and lift each other up and try and yes. like carry each other through to wherever our finish line is, wherever it may yes, be. Yes. That is a wonderful, I call that a reaction. I love that you one, catch yourself and two, react to it, right? It's a reactive mm -hmm. like affirmation almost. And then um, the third step of that is a, is, is finding a common ground. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to, again, show a little bit of vulnerability and say like, uh, yeah, I, I do have a child, but you know, I'm still hurting. Like I'm still yeah. hurting a lot. This is not yeah. easy. And gosh, it just opens up such a wonderful, most of the time, such wonderful yes. conversations. And if it doesn't, yes. you know, that person isn't for you and you move on. <laughs> yes. Well, and yeah, and that's true too. Like having two people who are opened to having that conversation be like, Oh, yeah, you know what, I can see that that really sucks for you. And yeah. you can see it really sucks for me. So like, let's like, acknowledge that we both know what this really super terrible experience yes. is like. And uh, we could build a friendship around that or whatever, yes. you know, not necessarily yes. that like, oh, I never, you know, birthed the kid Earthside that I, you know, got to meet mm -hmm. or hold or whatever, because I think it's so easy to do that. We're like, well, you have a kid and I don't have a kid. So what could we ever talk about? Which is like not the case at all. I mean, like, obviously we just spent the last almost an hour talking about like what this is like and so how much. like terrible this experience is. But I'm like, never once did I feel like, oh, you know, but I could, I could see when you're in that space, it's real easy to stay in that space. And it's hard to come out and be like, you know what? Like, you and I both have, you know, whoever, um, both have these things where we can connect and help each other. What worked for you? What helped you get through it? Oh, yeah, maybe I'll try right. that or whatever, you know? 
Yeah, there's not enough of that. And I I really pride myself um, in surrounding myself by uh, with other people who also think like that, because yeah. we can only lift each other up. That's the way. Yes. And I think just like um, this starts a whole path for another podcast with a whole never topic. But it's I feel like it's a whole like sometimes it's a society thing, like women helping women kind of thing. Instead of women tearing mm-hmm. each other down, women should be like supporting each other, you know, like, yeah, all about this, like female empowerment thing. I'm all about yeah. that. So I think that yeah. helps me really see the struggle in others and trying to mm-hmm. want to help them and to not necessarily yeah. see that because like I hate again different podcast topic but I I hate it when I see like women trying to cut each other down when yeah. we can we should be supporting each other it's hard enough yes, like it's absolutely. hard enough you know absolutely absolutely yeah like I don't think you need another person you know trying to like pull you down it's like hey let's like walk this path together it's really rocky yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's exactly. it's very narrow <laughs> you need like ropes and you need like all kinds of like tools to get through this like little narrow path but we'll help each other you know so exactly that's that's kind of my thing but okay so another question is and this is one that comes up in the infertility space too um how do you deal with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment like it's like that you know walk into the pit that we kind of talked about earlier yeah Yeah. Um, I've been there, gosh, uh, back to back to back or, you know, a little bit of a high and then, you know, the pregnancy doesn't stick or something. Um, look, everyone's coping strategy is going to be different. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, breaks helped. So getting out of that back to back to back to back cycle, uh, medical cycles, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, uh, rounds, Mm -hmm. IVF rounds really helped me come back to my center. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, took maybe a week or two, but it really helped lift some weight off my shoulder and my shoulders and, and just come back to my, my middle ground. What I used is a gratitude journal. Um, and I also just journaled, I called it like the brain dump journal mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I just literally dumped every single negative thought. And these were, irrational things that I would never, ever verbalize in front of Mm -hmm. someone, but they were thoughts in my head and I needed Mm -hmm. to acknowledge them Mm -hmm. and get them out of the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, That helped me. And even though those that are undergoing their fertility challenges right now, um, I know it seems like back to back to back disappointments, but I promise you, you can find something that's good Mm -hmm. in your life that may not relate to fertility, but relates to something else that's a part of your core. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I would look around me and say, no, this IVF round didn't work. No, my pregnancy, I'm like undergoing a miscarriage right now. Mm -hmm. This sucks. But after a little bit of time, I look around me and say, look, Flora, you've been wanting to be a physician. You wanted to have a partner that's right there next to you. You wanted to be surrounded by love and support. You have that. Mm -hmm. So let's get yourself back to wherever you need to be and Mm -hmm. figure out what to do next. Mm -hmm. But it's not easy. And I'm not going to diminish the, the, the 
um, I don't even know the word to describe it, but just the yeah. suckiness of like yeah. the back to back, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Back to back disappointments in the fertility world. It, it yeah. really just sucks. But taking breaks for me really helped. I remember one time I'm like, this is against doctor's orders actually. Yeah. And I'm like, I just need a break. I need a break without yeah. meds. I need a break without thinking about yeah. everything. I, we took my daughter for her birthday to Disneyland mm-hmm. and it was like the best. And mm-hmm. for the first time in many, many months, I was not thinking about, you know, taking my shots on time or what if the transfer didn't work or what, you know, all the what ifs that we kind of go through. Um, And it was really, really nice. I allowed myself to acknowledge the negative stuff. And then I took a break and just didn't think about it and recentered and then moved on with the next. I could talk about this all day. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I could do this all day long, but um, we don't have all day long. And I think you would be bored by, I don't think you want to hear me all day long either. (laughs) So if people want to connect with you, if they do want to talk to you all day long, um, how do they connect with you? How do they find you? How do they work with you? Yeah, well, I'm primarily on Instagram at Dr. Flora Sinha, Dr. Flora Sinha. Um, through that, you can find uh, multiple small tidbits about healthy mindset. Um, I do pepper in infertility challenges and mindset as well. Um, and then there's a link in my bio where you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where I go in depth about these mindset tips. Um, or if you want to sign up for a discovery call with me, to see if this would be a good match um that all of that is in the in the bio there so i can't wait to connect with hopefully some of you yes and um hopefully you'll come back and we can kind of break down some more mindset stuff for people because like i said i could do this all day long this was like super fun i mean for a really crummy topic this was a lot of fun (laughs) oh good i'm so happy with all the work that you're doing you're helping so many so i know what you're doing is making an impact, making a difference. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of grateful listeners out there. So I'm happy to be a part of that. Thank you so much for spending your morning with me. I'm so grateful for having you you here. And I'm so grateful for Arya. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. If you want a question or topic covered in future episodes, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at 40 and infertile. Make sure you hit the subscribe button for alerts and new episodes, and I hope to see you back again soon. Bye.